I'm Melissa White, and this is The Spirit Room. This is a place for seekers that find themselves intrigued with working with the unseen world. I'll bring you insight into my life and work as a medium, interviews with people that I find fascinating, and also provide you with some tools to help you implement a beautiful life in partnership with spirit. So I invite you to sit back, relax, and enjoy what spirit has in store for us. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the spirit room. It's Melissa White. I'm back after some time off. And I apologize for those of you that have been waiting for a new episode. I was working fast and furiously to produce the Christmas specials and then took a few days off for Christmas and then promptly got sick with COVID. So I'm here to say it's been, pardon me, it's been a bit of a journey. I was sick at the end of November in early December, and I, I thought it must have been COVID just because the symptoms and the way I was feeling, but I tested three separate times, and it was negative every single time. Started to get my energy back, started to feel okay, and then around, I guess, the 27th of December, I started to feel my lungs started to hurt and be sore. I had like a burning feeling in my throat. My throat hurt a lot. Wicked headaches, which I do have headaches, tension headaches, and migraines often anyway, but I was experiencing those. Fatigue, stuffed up, losing my voice, nausea, no appetite, all kinds of, a variety. There was just a variety of different, even weird, weird symptoms. Anyways, this podcast is not going to be about COVID, and it's really, I'm sure, not that um, intriguing for you to listen to my list of symptoms. But what I'm saying is the reason that I haven't been producing the podcast is because I literally have not had the energy. The time I ended up having to take, I don't even know, I think it was 10 days where I was not doing readings like 10 days in a row. And that has never happened. I I don't think in the whole nine years that I've been working as a full-time medium, I don't no, I've never taken that many days off readings. So it was kind of, I mean, it was necessary. I literally some days couldn't lift my head up, like or sit up properly. I could literally just lay down. Pretty depressing. You know, I find I get easily depressed when I'm at all sick and emotional. I was super emotional. And I think, I think it was good in a way to have that time. It's complicated though when you work for yourself and you do not get paid when you're sick and it does it does complicate a lot of things. I book usually months in advance and so anytime I'm sick it's quite stressful because I then have to somehow find a way to reschedule people in my schedule that's already booked solid. So, you know, I it did have me rethinking the way that I schedule myself, my time, looking at priorities and and things like that. So, it also was interesting because I know everyone has a varied experience with COVID. 
I found that some people were like, oh, it's no big deal. It's just like a cold. You're fine. Like, you should still be able to do my reading, which I didn't really appreciate because honestly, it was not just like a cold for me. It was intense. I was very, very ill. And with, I do have asthma, I have diabetes, I have some other health factors that are complicating, you know, for me. So I don't know if that's the case, like if that's why, if my immune system wasn't the greatest to begin with, if I was run down, you know, which I probably was, I was very stressed. So anyways, I, I, I was kind of disheartened by some of the lack of empathy or the lack of understanding. But I was really blown away at the same time because there was a ton of support and a ton of messages that were like, take the time that you need, like, we're okay, we'll be here when you're better. And so I really try to focus on that. And I really appreciate that. And, you know, I, I'm lucky that, you know, it wasn't worse. But it, it doesn't detract from the fact that it was a super stressful time, not to mention my partner ended up with it and my daughter as well, who's still very young. My son managed to escape it. And he ended up being able to go stay with his dad, like when you know, when we realized that I'm positive for COVID. So that was good. I'm glad that he escaped it. And then, you know, it's really disconcerting. You know, I had a lot of worry about my daughter because she is so young, obviously, and she's also got asthma. So yeah, there's, it's been, it's been kind of a stress. It's been a stressful experience. I'm still not better. It is, when am I recording this? The 14th. So it's been, a few weeks. And I did talk to my doctor and she said, yeah, it's not uncommon for it to take weeks and weeks. So I'm just doing what I can at this time and resting in between, you know, so I am doing readings and stuff like that. I am teaching, but I'm literally not doing much else in between. I'm resting, napping, which is foreign to me. I do not normally nap. So I'm doing that and I'm taking it easy. The house is a bit of the laundry is out of control you know, the to-do list is quite long, but I'm just listening to my body and I'm taking, I'm taking what I learned from my experience. Like the slowing down was actually so necessary. So I'm going to, I'm going to intend for the new year to really adopt a new way of looking at work and life and that balance. I think I am a bit of a workaholic and I come by that honestly, my my dad, I would say he is, you know, but he, he, you know, he loves his work. He loves to work. And I have to say I do too. I, I love what I do. I love my job. And I love to be busy, like a busy bee. But there, it does come with a price. And I'm starting to realize that you know, there's a lot of layers of healing that need to happen there. Oftentimes, I think that the busyness and the go, 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 and this like constant need to improve and achieve and all of those things, the striving, you know, that is oftentimes an acceptable addiction. You know, it's like you people, society does praise the, us as hard workers. Whereas, you know, actually, you don't, you don't often find that, you know, you get that praise when you're just resting and taking care of yourself. So yeah, I need to, I need to look at that and think, why do I need that? You know, I, I don't need to be 
producing constantly to be valuable. That's a a lesson that I think I need to learn. And so maybe you do too. You know, maybe you're listening and you needed to hear that. So that's, that's what's been happening. That's what's been going on. I am super excited though. I was able to create a manifestation challenge with my friend Teresa. And basically I put together the content for 30 days of activities and stuff for this challenge. And then she, because she's so talented, she's able to put together a workbook, a digital workbook, and create some images for me and sort of look at the backend stuff as far as like the forms to register and all that stuff. So it was really cool to work together. And so far we're on, I think we're on day five. And it's going really well. People seem to be really enjoying it. And they're sharing a lot with each other, lifting each other up, inspiring each other. So I I think it's something that I'll look at again. You know, there may be another opportunity to hold, hold something like that or a different type of challenge. But it got me thinking and I thought, oh, I'd love to share a little bit with you all about my take on manifestation. I even was a little bit hesitant to put out a manifestation challenge because I don't align with and I don't agree with some of the more popular concepts around the law of attraction and manifestation. I think when we look at manifestation, sometimes there's a tendency for us to get into this strange, toxic positivity where we're perpetuating this idea that if you just think positive and you ignore all your problems and you ignore anything negative that comes up, you will get everything you want in life. Or that somehow, this is my other issue, somehow everything in life is your fault. Like everything that happens is comes down to you. So if you get, say, a terminal illness, that is because you were somehow not positive enough, or you did something wrong in your manifestation practice or something like that. I do not subscribe to that idea at all. My belief is that there are certain things in this life that we cannot miss. And that's whether it's a blessing, something that we perceive as positive or negative. There are certain things, big things, that are destined to be, and no amount of anything is going to change it. And in some ways, that's very comforting, you know, to know that you can't miss what's meant for you. But in other ways, it's a little bit terrifying. So I do understand, you know, I understand both sides of that. But what I'm saying is, there are a lot of things that are up to our free will, and I 100% know that we can create all kinds of miracles, all kinds of blessings in our lives with the use of our imagination, with the use of our power to visualize and our belief system, our ability to really work with energy. So the law of attraction is real and there's so much more possible than I think that we even realize. So when I talk about manifesting, it's really about the things that we can manifest that are going to be in alignment for our greater good, like what's going to be in our best interest and and so forth. So it's exciting. I like to share about it because there's been plenty of things in my life that I know I, I have manifested. 
The other question that comes up, however, is, <laughs> and this is one that puzzles me, because I think about it sometimes, and, okay, going back, this is going back in time, when I was even a child, like a child or especially as a teenager, I started to notice my manifesting, like my ability to focus on something intently, think about it constantly, like rather obsessively, actually, who knows if that's even healthy. And then it would happen, it, it would come to be, it would be exactly what I had envisioned for myself. Usually it had to do with like my crush, like, you know, that I had at that time, things like this, things that I really wanted. Anyway, part of me thinks, yes, I manifested some of those situations. There's another part of me that also thinks that I predicted those situations. So when you're a bit psychic or a lot psychic, and sometimes that might be hard to know, like, did I manifest it? Did I predict it? Or is it a bit of both? I think over the years, I've come to realize that it's probably a bit of both most of the time. But it's pretty cool to experiment with setting your intention and then working with it. So I think it's I think it's something that's worth the time to investigate and it's worth the time to really look at. So what is manifestation? I mean, the the challenge that I'm doing, I I wanted to call it something different. So I said it's 30 days of alchemy. And alchemy has to do with a magical process of transformation. And taking something seemingly ordinary and turning it into something magical, magnificent, extraordinary. Manifestation is like creating something from your intention, you know, so like really intentionally putting a thought out there into the universe, letting your desire be known to the universe, and then allowing it to come to you. So I have some examples. I'll go back when I was a teenager, probably 13 years old, 14 years old. I was training for competitive baton twirling. Some people, when they think of baton twirling, they think of the majorettes, you know, in the parades and stuff like that. And we did do some of that. But really, the training that I was doing was athletic, you know, so it was serious. It was at a competitive level, provincial, national, and then eventually ended up going to the world championships when I was 14 or 15. I think I was 15. But anyways, we had at this one point, a sports psychologist come from the university, I think she was at UBC. And she came to talk to our group about the importance of mental practice and visualization and how that could be a huge part of our training. And I remember just being so enthusiastic about it and so intrigued. I think some of my co, I was going to say co-workers, some of my co-athletes, like I think they were kind of like bored by the presentation. They weren't really into it. I was fascinated. And also this lady that was a psychologist, a sports psychologist, I thought, what an amazing job. Like, what an amazing career. It just was so, I was so into it. And she had us, you know, really adopt a practice of going over our routines in our minds, seeing ourselves completing each move, each trick, each part of our routine, and and doing it perfectly in our mind's eye. 
before bed. Well, that's when I did it. And I remember it was very difficult at first. I had a hard time visualizing myself doing it and a hard time seeing myself doing it. But I sort of kept endeavoring and it got a bit easier. And what I noticed was after a while, it didn't take long, but after a while, I was starting to improve physically. Like when I would go to do my training and I would go to practice, all of a sudden I was catching, when I say catching tricks, it's like um, in baton twirling, it's a bit like rhythmic gymnastics, kind of, but different. But there's a lot of things where you toss your baton into the air and then you would do like two cartwheels and catch it again. Or you would do different sort of gymnastic type moves while the baton is in the air and then you catch it in various different ways and methods. And so I started noticing that I started catching these tricks that I had struggled with before. Like I might always drop, you know, the big trick in the past. And then when I started doing the mental practice, I noticed that I was actually improving. I was catching them more often than not. I went up in my performance and competitions. Like I was getting higher points, like higher scores, and my confidence really improved. And so it became became really addictive. Like I did not miss a mental practice ever. And I started to notice that I was working so hard physically, but with the mental practice, I saw more improvement. And it's not like I had to work harder, any harder physically to get there. So it was sort of wild. It was an amazing experiment and such a realization. So that was my first sort of look at what visualization could actually do. So if you think about it, if we can apply that to other areas of life, when I was a bit older, I think it was between having my son, after having my son, a few years after he was born, I started to struggle a bit with my weight, although that turned into something even greater later but at this time it was just a sort of like a minor I would say a minor struggle but I really wanted to work on it so I was doing you know like I think it was Weight Watchers or something like that and I thought why don't I just use some of the, the visualization techniques and then the mental sort of practice to see if it could help and it really did I envisioned myself the way that I wanted to feel the way that I wanted to physically look and I did that along with what I was doing with my um my plan you know my eating plan and exercise and all that stuff and I think it really helped I think it bolstered that effort and I think I was able to do it more successfully and a little bit more easily because I was using that visualization tool so it's definitely something to think about the way that I sort of started looking at the law of attraction was I was in a very dark place. My ex and I had just split up, my my son's dad and I. I was pretty young. I was only 25-ish, 26, probably 26 or 27 was the time that I was um, introduced to the law of attraction. And out of the blue, my friend came and or called me and said, I'm coming by and I'm bringing you this movie. And 
he's the kind of friend that would just come in and out of my life. It's like for a period of time, we would talk and see each other and then he would disappear. He's just one of those people that would randomly appear at, at times, you know, so it wasn't out of the ordinary, but it was kind of just like out of the blue that he just called and said he's coming by with this movie. And I said, sure. Okay. So he came by. We watched the movie The Secret. And something about it just really spoke to me. Now, since then, I've I've looked at, you know, some of the things that came out of The Secret. And I, I don't agree with everything. And I would say that there are some problematic parts of it. But the main idea that and the main sort of takeaway that I really perceived and received was about this imagination, using your imagination, and not limiting yourself with what you want and desire for your life, and really focusing your energy on what you do want to create. Excuse me, it's still my voice is still not the best since this COVID. So I apologize. So to me, you know, I thought I have nothing to lose. I was in such a I was in a dark place. I was pretty drained of energy emotionally. I felt defeated. I felt a lot of shame that that relationship didn't work out, that it wasn't that we, you know, I wasn't able to make it work financially. I was struggling a lot. I felt I wasn't happy with myself. I was feeling very stressed, very out of control with like, not feeling like I had any ability to enjoy my life at that time. You know, it was super, super stressful. So emotionally, you know, in a place of real despair. So I thought, I have nothing to lose. So I'm just going to do this. So I proceeded to start with a gratitude practice and writing in my gratitude journal every single day. And that was really helpful because I noticed that I was like training myself to look for little glimmers of beautiful moments in every day. And it became a game that I played with myself, you know, how many could I find? And so that was really worthwhile. I did write a letter to the universe. And I just let myself dream, you know, what, what do I want to feel? What do I want to experience? What do I want my work life to look like? What do I want my relationships to look like? What do I want for my health and my wellness and all that type of thing? And I would, you know, have a white candle, I'd have a bath at night. And then I would like just basically sit with this white candle and practice seeing myself already with those things, already enjoying those feelings that I would feel when those things would occur. And I remember I put down a certain amount of income per hour that I thought would be good enough. I could pay my bills. I could take care of my son. I wouldn't be straining. I wouldn't be struggling. And so I I remember I put that down. I put a few things. And within, I think it was a few months, I was working in an office at the time as an office manager and for a construction company. And the my boss came to me after a few months of that I was just basically practicing with my visualization working on my gratitude all that stuff and he said he wanted to have a meeting so we had a meeting and he offered me a promotion and with that promotion it was salary so it was like a yearly amount and so 
I was like, great, that's awesome. I went home and I figured out, I did the calculation, and the amount of the salary was exactly what I had written down on my letter to the universe when I broke it down into an hourly wage, like down to the dollar to the penny. So it was pretty good validation. It was pretty cool. Like I felt like, oh my gosh, like I did, did I do this? Like, did I create this for myself? Did I manifest this? And I really truly think that I did. So that was pretty cool. That was amazing. I also manifested years later, my daughter, because I had written there that I had wanted, you know, wanted to have another child. I wanted to have a daughter. I even put her name on my, on my letter to the universe. And when I was pregnant and years later, we were looking at names. We found out it was a girl, even though I knew it was going to be a girl. The only name that my partner agreed with me for a girl was the name that I had put in my letter to the universe. So that was it. You know, that was the name that we were going with. So that was pretty amazing. The other thing after that, I had manifested one year I put on my letter to the universe, I wanted to do a a retreat, like I wanted to facilitate a spiritual retreat. I put down that I wanted it to be 24 people. And what I did was I created a book, a goal book. It wasn't a vision board. It was like a journal. And I put all of my things that I wanted to to create, I wrote it down. And then I just chose images from the internet, cut them out, take them in, glued them into the book, you know, so sort of like a, a goal book, and put that in there. Anyways, I went to go plan this retreat. And all of the places that I was looking at, were booked solid for like two years. So I was like, okay, I guess it's not going to happen this year. One of the places said, oh, we do have a cancellation list, so we'll advise if there's a cancellation. And I said, sure, okay, that sounds good. They got back to me, and they did have an upcoming date, I think a month or two later. So I had just enough time to plan it and get it all all done. When When I looked back after the fact, it was a really, really amazing and beautiful experience, and I'm so glad that I got to facilitate that. But when I looked back at my goal book afterwards, it was exactly, I had 24 people that came and the picture that I had chosen seemingly randomly from the internet of the of a retreat center was actually the one that we had gone to and the one that had had the cancellation. So the, the number of people that I wanted to have, the place that, you know, I had put in my, in my book and it had all worked out. So I thought that was pretty phenomenal as well. And so I've done it through the years in my courses and my classes where we will create vision boards or goal books at the beginning of the year. And I remember one year we did it in class and we looked at the vision boards at the end of the year and most of the students manifested pretty much everything that they had put on those boards, maybe minus one or two things, you know, for each person. But basically, everybody had manifested what they had desired, what they'd put on their board. And it was a variety of things. It wasn't just spiritual things. There was also, I think somebody wanted a specific vehicle. Somebody had wanted something to do with like this promotion at work. Somebody had wanted a different relationship. And there was just a whole bunch of, a whole variety of different things. Big things, small things. So it's pretty exciting. It's pretty exciting to be a part of that. What I would say is that 
you're not going to manifest anything that's not on your life path. You, you won't manifest something that is not for you. But it's entirely possible that you can manifest things that, that are for you. And things that you might not even have dreamed of. So my hot tip when you're putting your thoughts out there to the universe or your letter to the universe or your vision board, I always like to put this or something better at the end. This or something even better. Because it gives the universe an opportunity to work on your behalf. Because let's be honest, half the time, I don't think we even know what's best for us. I really don't. So it would be lovely to give that sort of like not to limit ourselves in that way. And how many times do you think about being actually very grateful that you didn't get what you thought you wanted at one time? Sometimes there's something even better. So that's what I would offer you. I, I hope that's helpful. Those are just a few tips. Obviously, I go more into depth in the challenge, although it's already started. So I'm not saying all this to advertise it because it's closed. You know, we're, we're already in it. But if I do do one in the future, I'll definitely let you guys know and you can hop on board. I may turn it into an e-course or an e-book that people can do at any time. So look out for that if you're interested. But really just with the things that we've discussed today you could you could experiment on your own i like i like reading the writings of florence scovel shin i've talked about her before she's a good one i think i'm not as much into some of the more mainstream manifestation people, but I would say go where you feel guided, you know, and and just make it your own experiment for yourself. And the idea is not to negate or ignore your feelings. If you are having a hard time, if you are depressed, if you are anxious, if you are going through a difficult period of time, Manifestation doesn't mean you ignore all of that, bypass it, and just be more spiritual and positive. That is not the idea. It's about dealing with everything and processing everything. But then when you look at manifestation, it's choosing where you're going to focus maybe most of your energy or your mindset. It's really about choosing your mindset that you're going to have. But there is absolutely no shame in struggling, and there is no shame in not feeling positive. So I just want to make that a very clear point for everyone listening, okay? So it's a fine line. You have to want what you want, and you have to put it out there. But then you have to release it. You have to let it go. You can't be controlling it. You have to be okay to not know how these things are going to come to you. And that's hard. That's hard for most people. But it's a worthy experiment. So I hope that it's inspired you. I hope that it's maybe, you know, just sparked something within you. We can certainly revisit and we can certainly talk about it more in depth. I really just wanted to put an episode out so you guys know I'm still here. I am still, you know, I'm still thinking of you. And I'll get back into a regular posting schedule, hopefully very soon. But just please know it's not for lack of desire to want to. It's just finding the energy, finding the time. And it's me working on myself, you know, working on a 
a kinder, gentler schedule for myself so that I can take care and be the best that I can be, really. So that's what it's all about. If you're interested, I do have a course coming up starting in, I think I'd have to look again. I think it's March or April. I believe it's the end of March. It's called The Enchanted Soul. It's all by Zoom. So it's open to anyone, you guys, anywhere in the world. It's bi-weekly Saturday mornings, and it's going to be really cool. It's an eclectic mix of different ways of working with spirit, different ways of working with energy, psychic tools. I've got an astrology, a guest astrology teacher, Natalie Wallstein. She's going to come from Soulshine Astrology, and she's going to help us to decode our own birth chart. So that's going to be super fun and intriguing. And I'm also going to have a guest tarot teacher to come and work with us with tarot. And I'll be working with mediumship and some really different techniques with that and also working in the psychic and more intuitive sense. So if you're interested, do reach out, send me an email, melissawhitemedium at gmail.com. And we can chat, set up a time to chat over the phone or by Zoom, see if it's a good fit for you and uh, all that stuff. So if you're interested, let me know. You can join my mailing list. I will put the link in the show notes just to keep in touch. And otherwise, just wish you a beautiful, happy 2022. Sending you all my love. Take good care and we'll, we'll talk soon.